Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Underground USA. Welcome back to Underground USA. My name is Frank Salvato. Check everything we do out at undergroundusa.com. Don't tell me words don't matter. I have a dream. Just words. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal. Just words. We have nothing to fear but fear itself. Just words. Just speeches. Don't tell me words don't matter. You hear it every day. On the radio, on the television, in the news. And from the politicians and especially the activist class. But if you aren't paying attention, it goes in one ear and out the other. I'm talking about today's Orwellian newspeak. The double talk so prevalent in the political and activist classes. It allows those seeking to rule us, to influence us, the ability to say one thing and do the exact opposite, to say the words we think we want to hear that have no correlation to reality or what they really plan on doing. They make declarations and political and societal promises cloaked in plausible deniability, a term made famous by the Clinton spin doctors, and they do so at the detriment of us all. All you have to do is examine the duplicitous disingenuousness of Bill Clinton's rhetorical contortions during his deposition regarding his perjury in the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Do you remember when he had the audacity to say, that all depends on what the definition of is is? Today, the ruling class and its darkly cloaked sycophantic archdukes in the private sector don't even try to hide that they're trying to deceive the American people with their words. That audacity has now infected the world. I spoke to Bill Cushing, who teaches a college course on Orwellian speech, about this societal cancer. I'm here with Bill Cushing. Uh, he is someone who, I, his profile caught my eye when I was looking for people to opine on this issue because he came right out and said it. He was talking about the Orwellian space that we now uh, occupy when it comes to language and not only in the United States, but around the world when it comes to politics. Uh, Bill, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for making room for us. You know, when we, I listen to people every day on the, in the news, read everything that they, they write. And I just can't help, but 
feel that I need to divide by seven every time I read something. Um, when it comes to politicians and the political class, how thick is the manipulation of language? Oh, I thought you were going to say how thick is the manure. Uh, <laughs> well, that too, yeah. It, yeah, it, it always, I think that's one of the things that, I don't know, I just, my development over the years, I, although I have to admit I was raised by a Goldwater Republican, I had, so slipping into libertarianism was not a big stretch for me, I don't think. Um, but yeah, and I, and I was always interested in writing and reading and, and just listening to things and then realizing, well, no, that's not really what they're saying. It just, it astounded me as I went along. And to give you one very good example is when George W. Bush was running, I remember he said something about, you know, and here again, he's running on a government Republican. And then somebody brought up immigration. So well, I think we should have two different departments. I'm like, well, I'm not a math major, but two is larger than one in my book. Yeah. I yeah. Don't, you're making things smaller when you're adding another department. Uh, so, you know, and that's just one of the examples. And there's tons of them elsewhere but yeah i'm just always astounded by and and i don't know whether it's one of those things where do they realize what they're saying is a crock or do they not and i have to think they got to but they still say it um yeah when you've got a when you've got a staff uh the size that most people in congress have you would think and and maybe this is just just me assuming which is always a bad thing to do, but you would think that their staff would think these things through as somebody would receive it, especially when it comes to uh, what the language that they're using means to someone who's consuming it. I would say that's one of the big problems is that people do receive it just the way they want. And, and, and I can give you one big example. I always tell my students when I, you know, when I teach critical thinking, which I do quite a bit, I say, notice you'll always hear people say, we're going to have to have budget cuts. And that word budget cuts implies that you're cutting the budget. Well, no, you're just not as getting as big an increase as you want. (laughs) In other words, the budget is still getting bigger, but it's not getting bigger by the factor that the person would desire. That's not a cut. (laughs) And, and Um, and 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 that's a deception. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, everybody talks about constitutional amendments. I would love a constitutional amendment that the government can no longer say this is a government program or this is a free program. Anytime you talk about something coming from the government, it has to be a taxpayer funded, whatever it is. Yeah, because that's a, that's actually more accurate than what, it is. what or, it is. That, yeah. You know, they, it goes back to the old adage, there is no free lunch. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Sunday, somebody's going to pay for something. Um, Somewhere along the line, yeah. That's a, how egregious was the comment that was made uh, earlier this year that a that a three point seven five trillion dollar oh, budget was cost. wouldn't cost us anything. Well, I, I, of course, that reminded me of uh, I remember when uh, Obama did his shovel ready job thing, and what? Did he, oh, no, no. I'm sorry. It was when he's talking about the health care system. This will not add one dime to your health care you know, cost. And I was like, well, he's right. It's not going to add one dime. It's going to add a ton of them. Uh, and, I, and even before the law had passed, I saw it. I was like, my God, look at what my premiums are going to. And, of course, that's uh, the idea that they're going to promise you everything and say, 
say, well, it's not going to cost anything. Well, of course it's going to cost something somewhere along the line. And it, it doesn't have to be in direct taxes. It can be through regulations, which are going to increase the cost of goods and services or, or whatever. It's, you know, we're looking at the, uh, we're today in the news, we're looking at uh, the debate that's happening about the continuing resolution to make sure that government doesn't shut down. And that's another thing that's just always made my head cock like a dog hearing a high, a high whistle. The government doesn't shut down. They, they close the parks. They close that you won't get any remittance. If you're due remittance from the IRS. And there's a lot of, a lot of people today that still haven't gotten their refunds from last year yet, because they just can't seem to find the time, but government doesn't shut down. If government shut down, the army would stop that everything would stop. So that is another manipulation of words that they, they have to knowingly foist upon the people. And, you know, I I often say, I I don't want the government to shut down. I would prefer it just go away (laughs) for a little while. That would be preferable. And this is, you know, my argument gets to, and, and I think this ties in with the use of language because of, you know, when, well, in Orwell's politics in English language, which I teach quite heavily, he talks about this idea that this manipulation of language is always either economic or political in, you know, in, in its sources, and, and it always seems to be. Um, they started, if they can get away with it, they keep using the phrase, uh, like you say, you know, oh, it's not going to Well, what's the other one? going to affect anybody making $400,000 right. or less. Well, there's so many small businesses that on paper make more than 400000 but the guy who owns the business or the, or the family that owns the business, whatever, they're not taking home over 400000 Right. But on paper, yeah. So these are the evil corporate greedy people that we're going after. It's like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, this brings up the uh, the topic of um, uh, COVID, the way it's being presented, and and I I'm going on record as saying that this the way the government handled COVID from start to finish has been an absolute disaster. But they keep using the power of their or introducing the power of the word mandate mm-hmm. as if it has the power of legislation. Of legal, yeah, yeah, and boy, I'm in California. Nobody knows that better than I. Uh, yeah, and also the the idea of uh, that it's for my own good. It's for that. So, no, it's not. I, you know, please stop selling me that. Uh, after we're going on what two years now, you're no longer thinking of me. Not that I bought them; they were to begin with. But uh, yeah, the the, the mandates, uh, which of course is all done through. I mean, and a real good example of what's going on now with the supposed mandates. You know, it's not, well, it's not being done by the government. It's being done by the, the businesses. Well, yeah, but you're holding a sword over their head. And I, I always think back to why does every state now have the legal drinking age of 21? Whereas years ago when I was growing up, it was 18 in New York. And it's because, well, the government didn't say you had to make the, the age 21. They simply said, well, we're not going to give you highway funding unless you, uh, you know, 
make it 21. And, and it, it was, it, it's extortion basically. Um, but they they cloak it in something else, and this is just a, a one more yeah. manipulation of language. It's we're not mm-hmm. really telling uh, we're not really telling you what to do. I heard I think yeah. I've heard Jen Saki say that a million times. We're not we're not mandating anything. Yeah. It's yeah. just that if you don't get the vaccine, your your employer is going to fire you because well, we've asked know. them to do it. Which I I really love. Um, I saw that. Who was I talking to the other? Somebody somebody mentioned said, well. I had a friend or a family member of the military who was thinking he was going to get this doesn't look like it now. I said, yeah, because they held fast. They said, no, we're not going to do this. And you can't afford to lose that many people in, in police departments, hospitals, and all that stuff. So I, I did notice that finally people were going, no, you know what? Enough of this. <laughs> yeah. So even though there's a manipulation of language coming out of Washington, D.C., and, and, and the many state capitals, uh, from coast to coast, not all of them. I mean, I'm lucky enough to live in Florida. I'm I'm kind of digging yeah. my digging my governor right now. Um, there is a a velvet kind of hammer that comes yeah. with the manipulation of language that, that lets them put themselves in a great light through plausible deniability, even as they're coercing people. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's sort of like the the idea of the, the whole bureaucratic system, which was like OSHA or EPA or any of those other organizations are given the power of law, even though they're not legislators, that the legislature has offloaded their power to these departments. And then they, they can say, well, look, I didn't do a rule from this. Yeah, but the only reason they can make these rules is because you gave them the ability to do so. Um, yeah, it, it's amazing to me sometimes. And, and I have to laugh when you when you encounter people who think that way that that's acceptable. When you start digging in and questioning a little bit, there's suddenly you know like uh, uh, Ralph Norton or not Ralph Norton, Jackie Gleason, <laughs> you know humming, humming, humming. Uh, it brings me back to probably the the most stark example of somebody who was willing to step onto the stage and and admit that they were manipulating language uh bill clinton when he was being deposed when he said well that all depends on what the definition of the word is is and i'd love to point out because uh, of course i'm i'm also a a big believer in the second amendment and uh you know whenever somebody brings up the the term assault weapon i I point out i say well look assault is in it's not in the instrument and when people, well, it's a legal term. I said, yeah, it became a legal term under Bill Clinton. And <laughs> just remember, this is a guy who says it depends on what his is, or, you know, it's not really sex if nobody else is in the room. Or, you know, like, you're talking about a guy who made his living torturing the language. Uh, and uh, to, your, to your point with, uh, with gun legislation, I've always, another thing that's been accepted by our culture, and then I think that's a big part of the problem with with facilitating the ability uh for politicians and and spin doctors and activists to actually force you into believing what they're selling um is that with with you said with with assault weapons they always talk about gun crime they always talk about gun crime and gun violence well a gun is an inanimate object i've been having fun posting lately i said well let's see so far with UV 
plow into some people. And now we, according to Alec Baldwin, we have a gun which lets loose a bullet entirely on its own with no operation. Yeah. It's like, I guess we are in the end times. I mean, inanimate objects apparently are killing us off. We, we don't need the uh, Terminator. <laughs> yeah. And that's, uh, you brought up a good point when they're talking about the, uh, the, the, guy who drove the SUV yeah. into the parade in Waukesha, the, the media is trying to marginalize that story because mm-hmm. of who the person is that was driving the SUV to depersonalize it. Yeah. 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 And they do that uh, a lot. How, how incredibly entrenched is language man- manipulation in, in, well, I guess that's that I've already answered my own point, but uh, how effective is the manipulation of language when it's used by the media? I think a lot of people are starting to wake that, that, yeah. I you much pushback the CNN especially got with the SUV routine. It was like, come on, guys, you know, let's, and it wasn't just people on the extreme right or, or to the right. It was a lot of people, oh, wait a minute, come on. Um, I've always said, you know, and it gets back to, and Orwell talks about this a lot, is, you know, if if you have control over the language, well, language not only reflects thought, but it also influences thought. And if I can get away with saying, without somebody calling me out on it, uh, then it becomes whatever I want it to be. Um, When When you do have a media, that is then by all accounts complicit in the in in the in the advancement of certain viewpoints yeah, yeah. In, in, instead of being honest about just reporting the news yeah. and you don't get that contrarian point of view or somebody calling them out yeah. for the misuse of language um the damage that could does to society is quite substantial though. oh sure yeah and we see it all the time uh you know and I'm relegated to our own period. I, I say, look, you know, media, if you really look at it, has always been biased, but it's just the, putting on this pretense of, no, I'm not. Well, complete, you know, I don't have idiot tattooed on my forehead, I don't think. And I shouldn't be treated like one. Uh, you know, I have no problem having your bias, but stop pretending that it's not there. In fact, I had, it was funny, I had a, of course, living in California, most of my friends are on the left. And I remember having an argument with a friend of mine, and she said something about, well, you have to understand that you're seeing things through the filter of your politics. And I just looked at her and said, and you're not? Yeah. <laughs> of course I am. <laughs> My ideology is what drives me to interpret I do. But I'm perfectly willing to admit it. You're acting as though you don't have any filters at all. Uh, and and that, that malady seems to be prevalent. Um, to a great degree on the left, but I'm going to say to the, to the activist class across the board. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, and and to not get too far afield, but I think this is a very good example since it's up before the Supreme court. Now, when you get into the, the abortion debate, if you really look at it, the entire argument has been hijacked by 10% on either side. I mean, even down to the language. It, it's either determined by people who say no, 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 under no circumstances, and those who say yes, 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 up to and including after delivery. And if you look at most people, I would say that 70 to 80% of people would go, well, look, you know, 
yeah, it should be allowed, but there should be certain conditions and restrictions, and, and I have no problem with that. But yeah, I say, the debate itself has been hijacked by the two extremes. And and hasn't isn't the the actual and I've been this has been bothering me ever since this this came back up into the mainstream for discussion. Yeah, uh, Roe versus Wade is not necessarily a an adjudication on abortion itself. It's an adjudication yeah. on privacy. Yeah, and and it was and it, of course it was built on the fiction that a, a phrase existed that didn't. Uh, but yeah. And 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 it bothers me. I was reading, I believe it was in in Newsmax. I go through thirty or forty publications every morning, okay. and uh, they said, which is which is a now an established constitutional right, yeah. even though it's not written in the Constitution. And I, uh, I again, my my head cocked, and I went, yeah. "How is it a constitutional right if it's not referenced anywhere in the Constitution?" It's because they couched it under privacy. So yeah. when we're talking about language again, the media has just pivoted from what the decision actually was, which was privacy, yeah. to a pet issue that they want to advance. Yeah. yeah. And you can see that in a lot of, the, I mean, I'll, I'll give you the, well, a couple of phrases of the Constitution that have been stretched beyond the breaking point, And one of them is general welfare. You know, mm-hmm. Congress shall secure the general welfare. Well, when they wrote general welfare, they did not mean cutting a check. <laughs> yeah. You can't yeah. use the way we use the language now. Well, the way I always like to say it is you have to read things according to the writer's intent, not the reader's desire. And when they were welfare or militia, for that matter, militia was not what we think of it today. Uh, the word meant something entirely different. And that's the way you have to read the thing is how they intended those phrases or words to mean at that time. But yeah, that general welfare clause or phrase just been, I mean, it's like silly putty. Well, and that that all that all came to to start to crack and deteriorate under, under Wilson, who when the progressives yeah. came forward who, and who said, well, you know, it's 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 really a living document that we well, that, that, I, I, I has, love that one, <laughs> you know, it has to fit the times. And I think science, to, you know, we have to take a more scientific approach. And get I, away from I'm it. always whenever I encounter that living, breathing document, I always like to say, well, how does it reproduce? Because it's the only one I know of. It. Right. So unless the bloody thing is asexual. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 no, and, the Constitution is a contract. A contract is a, is a pact or a compact built between two different parties, and you don't just change. That would be like me saying, well, you know what? Yeah, I know my payment is, you know, $300, but I, I'm working on base five today, so, you know, I'll send you whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, unless the Constitution wants to identify as, as something yeah, they can yeah, reproduce. Yeah, we got to have the proper pronoun for the Constitution now. Um, um, with, with regard to the public waking up is the anger is palpable on social media when when one there's a group of people on social media who see it and are just outraged and there's a group of people who just refuse to see it and and want to just scream that it doesn't exist yeah well you know um of course i i'm sort of assuming here but have you read hoffer's the true believer Mm -hmm. 
uh, which I think is a landmark piece of writing. But um, it's funny because it's gone beyond social media. I mean, you look at what's happening with these school boards, and I think city councils are going to start seeing it. Uh, and I think a lot of people, they can't nail it down, but they know something's wrong. And it's because they can't express it. I mean, the CRT thing is a perfect example. Well, no, it's not being taught. Well, just because you call it another name doesn't mean, you know, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's a duck. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's uh, you know, it just amazes me what, now they've gotten away with it up to this point. But yeah, it's slowly starting to crack. And I think a lot of it is now people are starting to see, you know, the they're seeing the sausage being made. And, is this do you do you believe that perhaps the awakening to the manipulation of language by our politicians and elected officials is that also an awakening for people to understand that they need to be engaged with what their elected officials are yeah, doing yeah. to provide oh, oversight? And this is one of the things I'm trying to remember who said it. I, I it was an ancient Greek, I know, and I can't remember who it was, but what is it just because you're not interested in politicians doesn't mean they're not interested in you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that, that's what I've always said. Look, you, you got to pay attention. Well, and, uh, you know, you look at what was it? Uh, was it Jefferson who said the, the, the price of liberty is eternal vigilance? Was that his? I'm trying to remember who said that now. But, but I said, you want a, a simple translation of that? Don't trust them. Anybody who's in power, do not trust them. I, I've always found it, um, especially in this in this day and age, and it happened rather quickly in in the context of the time that our country has been around. Yeah, that the people who were screaming "Don't trust the government" back in the nineteen sixties oh, yeah. are now in control, and you can't trust them to throw them. I know. <laughs> Well, I'll give you another one, and this is one I've been an analogy I've been using or metaphor, I guess. Is progressives are the new Puritans. You know, that they won't abide any interpretation of what they want other than their own, uh, and they will go to any length. They might not have physical stocks around, but they'll use whatever they've got. And of course, what are they trying to do? They're trying to crush any fund that anybody has. Uh, yeah, and these are the people who were. At Woodstock, you, you know, uh, what was it? What was the Timothy Leary line? Uh, what about tune, yeah, tune in, tune out, drop out. Drop out yeah. yeah, yeah, I, you know, it's funny because I grew up, well, I grew up in the 50s actually, but really became aware in the 60s. And it's interesting because I went to a military school and I was in many ways grateful for that. I mean, partially because of the quality of education I got, but also because, well, at least I had an excuse for looking like a fool. I would watch my friends dress in these clothes. And I, I even tell students now or younger people now, like, look, whenever somebody my age makes fun of your, it, just ask them what they used to say back when they were kids, because some of that stuff was stupid. Uh, I mean, I even knew back then. Uh, I was like, oh, no. Uh, well, and, and this is, uh, the 60s was a, a great catalyst for, um, the activists claiming that everything was a right as well, yeah, yeah, you know, which is which is metastasized today. You know, everything is a right. I have a right to to a Christmas tree. I have a right to this curb out here. I have a right. Yeah, 
yeah. everything when nothing in our founding documents or the charters of freedom says that you have a right to anything but but life liberty pursuit Why? of happiness and your enumerated rights under the bill of rights yeah that's it yeah well and, and this idea of you know i have a right not to be offended and yet you're offended by every bloody thing you hear that's why I think this is why I don't know if you saw that uh, not only uh, uh, Dave Chappelle, but who's the other one that just got nominated for Emmys, the other stand-up comic. And I like the guy too. I can't think of his name at the moment, but uh, I think this, this is in many ways. I don't know if you ever saw the movie as good as it gets. I think one of the things that people loved about the movie was going and watching Jack Nicholson say all these things that they would love to say but didn't do. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And and the whole thing is, and I've I've experienced this just by just by doing this for the years that I've been doing it. If you have the courage to say what you feel, and and you don't do it like a jackass, yeah, yeah. that nine times out of ten you realize you're not alone in your thinking. Yeah, yeah. No. You know, this goes back to that to the percentages you were talking about, where where the the narrative, the caustic divisive narrative in our yeah. in our culture is being driven by the 10 percent on this side and the 10 percent on that side oh yeah and it's a pity because now it's gotten to the point where yeah you've got to be careful of, of, you know you can't enjoy well sports i mean i have not watched football for four years now yeah uh, and i have to admit i don't miss it a pro football i still watch college and people were like you know you you don't like them expressing themselves. Like, Look, I go to sports to leave that stuff behind. I get enough of that mm-hmm. in my daily life. And if you can't provide the one reason I'm coming to you, which is escapism, what's the point of me being there? So, right. And yeah. and and Hollywood's done a very oh, yeah. good job of doing the same thing. You can't watch anything on television without having ideology I mean, jammed I, on your throat. And yeah. and the manipulation of of language and the insertion of ideology in the scripts is just outrageous these days yeah it, it does and there yeah there's many times my wife and i'll be watching something and i'll hear some line I'll just, yeah. yeah i've got I, I i understand now why a lot of people just binge watch because yeah, to watch life, you, you to watch commercial television is painful yeah now yeah now even the commercials are you know getting ridiculous well and and this was you know they, they keep talking about equality 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 now they're pivoting to equity a little yeah, bit equity, which, is, which I, I think is the most deceptive of all terms i always love to uh point read harrison burger on by uh by vonnegut uh and you can see what the results of that are and vonnegut was fairly left-wing um but even he realized yeah you can't demand that everybody perform at the same level because it's not even the lowest common denominator. You've got to bring it down to the lowest possible denominator. Right. Um, and, and, and we're seeing the, the, the product of manufactured, oh yeah. manufactured equality in yeah. just the commercials, just the commercials. Yeah. Um, uh, well, also, and, and this is something I've started doing because whenever people now bring up this thing about, oh, you just don't want to teach the history of this country accurately, you know, by showing slavery or racism or, you know, the, George Wallace in the doorway. So, and then, well, first of all, I got it in school. I, you know, I got mm-hmm. taught that stuff. And so, are you saying it's not being taught anymore? Is that is that your argument that nobody's teaching this anymore? And if it is, what are they teaching them? 
Yeah. <laughs> Let me know. And what they're teaching is that you are guilty or absolved by dint of, you know, some recipe in your body, uh, which is, I, I think, the way to look at it. Like the difference between me and a black person or, you know, or an Asian or whatever tribal, it's, uh, I mean, we basically have the same ingredients just a different uh, proportion of the recipe that's all yeah so. and and that's you i was went to parochial school in oh, in my yeah. early years and in the in the 60s and they were okay. they were none none too shy about telling you that uh, dr king had it correct when it was yeah. about the content of your character not the color yeah. of your skin so when i look at Abraham X. Kendi and all of these other yeah. people who are saying you're born with the original sin of being a racist. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, and, and what they've done essentially, and I'm glad you bring up that original sin because basically they've just replaced, and this gets back to my progressives of the new Puritans, they've simply replaced the church with the state. The state has become the new altar. And, and isn't that exactly what, uh, what the Marxists really wanted to install oh, yeah. here? was government in control so they could define your rights. Well, and, you know, I, I always like to point out is that, you know, if you went to the Soviet libraries back in the 50s and 60s, you could find the Bible and the Koran and all those books, but they would be in the fiction shelves. In other words, they wanted to eradicate the power of religion. And a very simple explanation, they don't want the competition. If you, if you admit to a God, then there's a higher power than government. And that's the last thing the powerful government wants is anything, you know, over it. Um, and, and that's why people like uh, those of the squad, those on, <laughs> those on the far left, keep talking about, they keep using the word rights. We have rights to a job. You have rights to this because they're trying to co-opt the ability to bestow rights. Yeah. Yeah. I've always liked, I thought the best definition of rights in this country, at least, uh, Rights are the things that I can give to anybody that doesn't cost me anything, either in time or money or energy or effort. The only effort is just me staying out of the way, uh, and that's it. And I've always and one guy did, I, I did like this is the only right that's granted in this country to citizens that does cost other citizens something is the jury, you know, the uh, jury system. But everything else is yeah. You have the right to do whatever you want as long as you don't infringe on my rights. You know, oh, and, uh, that comes that comes down to the you have the right to throw a punch, but it ends at the tip well, of my no, nose. So. Now you've invaded my space to the <laughs> yeah. point of you know actually breaking bones and stuff. Yeah. And even that's, that's even even if mind. I even if I identify as someone who's punching. Yeah. You know. I, this whole identifying yeah. thing is bothering me. That's why you can be, yeah, you can bring a water pistol to a bank robbery and still get arrested for armed robbery. <laughs> yeah. know, it was the threat of the, uh, the weapon. But, uh, Bill, how, how deeply do you think, um, and this is, for a moment, let's take the, the idea that there are people every day waking up to this disingenuous manipulation of of our society through language at its peak how deeply do you think we're sitting into orwell's living room oh boy that's a tough one i i hate to be defeatist but uh <laughs> i'm really sort of of the mind these days that 
the one thing that we can cling to as a unique position is we're going to get to see the death of a republic, which nobody's been able to see since Rome. So we're in a kind of an unusual position. Although I'm sort of encouraged by what I'm seeing now. Yeah, the, the pushback is happening uh, and people are no longer sitting down and taking it and saying, no, no, this, you know, this is no longer acceptable. Uh, so it might be, the, you know, the swing of the pendulum is always the, the image that's used and, and maybe we're at that point. It would be nice if we could strike a nice middle ground. <laughs> how important is it? Um, as as rank and file Americans are standing up and saying, we understand what you're trying to do, yeah. we don't care for it. Yeah. How important is a fidelity to language and pushing back against those who've been abusing it? Well, I think that's that's the tricky part because you can still sort of cow people by using the, the elevated language or the pretentious language, as, as Orwell put it. Because, you know, I don't have the words available, so I can't compete with you on that level. But I think people are going, you know what, maybe I can't name it, maybe I can't explain it, but something stinks here. And, you know, until we get it straightened out, I'm going to put a hold on it. And I think that's where we're at now, I hope, is that, you know, people are going, look, maybe I can't explain what's wrong, but I know something's wrong. I, I basically caught you. You've been busted. Bill, you've got some books out. You do yeah. write some articles. Um, I know that you're on Amazon. Can you tell uh, our listeners what the names of your books are, where they can get them, what they're about, how they can get a hold of you? Well, actually, yeah, I, people can get a hold of me directly through my email if you want to post that with the, uh, you know, when you post this, fine. I, I have no problem with that. Uh, I am on Amazon uh, under Bill Cushing. And, uh, the books I have out now, well, I'm in several lands, of course, those are all posted on my author page. But the three books I have of my own are, are actually poetry, which seems weird, but you know, that's what I got snagged into and that's what I'm doing mostly. Uh, one of them is called A Former Life, uh, which is kind of a look back, uh, what do I call it? It's a, uh, an overview of two centuries, 60 years in the making. Uh, another one is called Music Speaks. I'm a big music fan. Uh, and so I wrote these. It actually won a competition and amped it and made it a lot slicker with put illustrations in it. So it's, it's self-published, but it's the book that won the award. And my most recent one, and you'll probably enjoy this, it's called This Just In, uh, News Stories, Fake or Otherwise. Um, and it's a collection of poems that deal with Largely issues, uh, you know, but there's a, I, I tried to kind of make it like a newspaper with an arts and entertainment section, an opinion section, you know, news section. Um, so, yeah, my, my work to this point has been mostly poetry, some short stories. Uh, I get essays and opinion pieces posted out at, at different places. I am working on now, and I, I keep saying I'm almost done, but I don't seem to get there. A, a memoir about my years when I was in the Navy and then afterwards where I spent probably 10, 12 years working on ships, mostly oil tankers after I got out of the Navy. And so that book is kind of a look back at what I was before this English major, uh, <laughs> uh, which has been fun to do. 
But yeah, but uh, certainly uh, they're, they're available at Amazon. And if anybody would want to get a signed copy, I'm perfectly happy to make arrangements, you know, depending on where I have to ship it, we can work out a price and uh, I can get something to them just through my email. Beautiful. Bill Cushing, he understands the language and the importance of the language and uh, how language is being manipulated today. So people wake up and listen. And, uh, and uh, before you close out, let me give you, uh, I, I always loved the. I didn't get a chance to do this, but let me take the opportunity now. Is, uh, my, my grammatical libertarian argument. Okay. Is, um, being an English teacher, I say, okay, what is an adjective? An adjective is a word that says something about a noun. It qualifies a noun. It says something about the quality of a noun. You know, red, big, small, yellow, whatever, mine, or my. You know, these are all basically, they're, they're taking a noun and putting a definite definition to the noun. I take the word public, use it as an adjective. Notice that just the noun that you put after it, it becomes, it goes down in quality. <laughs> yeah, 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 or government for that yeah, matter. Public assistance, public uh, transportation, public restrooms, my favorite. Uh, and it's funny because I always like to say the only exception I can come up with is public library. And the reason is that libraries tend to be run by the towns, by people who live where they are. It's not some guy in the capital or, you know, in the state capital or, or DC who's deciding what books you have and what finance and that stuff so yeah it's i always say yeah just look at that take the word public put it in front of any noun and that noun instantly deteriorates and this private broadcast has been brought to you by (laughs) bill i want to thank you for coming on and as as we find uh um outrageous language assaults in the future (laughs) perhaps we can chat again I would love it. I, I always love talking about that sort of thing. It, it just amazes me that they can get away with it. So. You're listening to Underground USA. My name is Frank Salvato. We'll be right back with closing thoughts right after this. Handcrafted exotic blend teas at the lowest shipping cost anywhere. Hi, I'm CJ, owner of the Emerald Coast Tea Company. We ship our premium gourmet blends with Sindel, offering you the lowest shipping prices anywhere while also being carbon neutral. Excellent tea at the right price. Check us out at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mama's tea. I'm Judson Carroll, and I'm an herbalist. I'd like to invite you to listen to my show, the Southern Appalachian Herbs Podcast. It's available wherever you like to listen to podcasts. It's a show with a conservative Christian worldview, and it's about a lot more than just herbal medicine. It's about an independent way of life, being more self-reliant, less reliant on the government, the medical industry, the pharmaceutical industry, and the supply chain. With freedom comes responsibility. Sometimes that responsibility is putting food on the table. Other times it's caring for yourself and your family with home remedies. So give it a listen. I think you'll enjoy it, and it may just save your life. Barack Obama was right about one thing. Words matter. 
and today, an accurate reading of the words used by those we have entrusted with executing government on our behalf and those we donate money and time to in order to support what we believe to be worthy causes reveals very few of them can be trusted. Whole communities are being duped because they are listening to the flowery and sometimes incendiary words of those trying to make us feel one way or another. The BLM movement comes to mind. Disingenuous charlatans that begged for donations under the guise of racial equality only to channel those donations to both the Democrat Party during the 2020 general election and their own pockets. Remember Patrice Cullors, the BLM leader who paid herself enough out of the movement's donations to buy four high-end homes for $3.2 million? Her words certainly didn't match what she said she was passionate about. She stoked anger, resentment, and emotions to enrich herself. One report had her looking at the purchase of swanky digs in the Bahamas so she could hobnob with the likes of Justin Timberlake and Tiger Woods. That property, well, condos there go for about $5 million each. I guess she should have changed the bullhorn rants from Black Lives Matter to Patrice's life matters more. And don't get me started on the disingenuous doublespeak of Anthony Fauci and his Mengalaites at the CDC or the cryptocurrency-destroying monetary ghouls at the Federal Reserve, Treasury Department, and Security and Exchange Commission, or the full complement of linguistic reprobates at the World Economic Forum and their Nazi-esque Great Reset. Today, if you don't know how to decipher politispeak, you are the prey that these social engineers feed on, and you are vulnerable. In these days of dishonest and activist politics, we all need to pay very close attention to each and every word they use, and we have to call them on their attempts to deceive every single time. If you haven't read the book 1984 by George Orwell, it's well past time that you have. You'll notice a shocking similarity to where we are today. You're listening to Underground USA. My name is Frank Salvato. We'll be right back after this. Don't tell me words don't matter. I have a dream. Just words. We owe these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Just words. We have nothing to fear but fear itself. Just words. Just speeches. Don't tell me words don't matter. 